Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Joining us now on the overnight crowd from the inner sanctum, it is Jasper Chelifar. Jasper, thanks for your time. Yeah, always a pleasure, Jen. Now, I bet you you've had a very busy Tuesday. What with the the news that broke across North Melbourne, that's probably the biggest story in AFL at the moment with David Noble no longer coaching the Ruse. What's your take over the last, I suppose, 12 hours or so? Yeah, well, uh, I guess um, as a part of the media, it's pretty sad to see him go, actually, because... Noble is one of the, the really nice coaches um, in, in the AFL landscape. He's um, always got good time for the media and always gives really good responses as well. Um, he never <laughs> he never has a great deal of media out um, at Arden Street, unfortunately. But um, when I get out there, he's always very respectful and, and takes a lot of time to, to continue a question and answer them. And um, that's kind of what you want uh, from a media point of view, I think, from the club's point of view it was um possibly a, a poor decision as well to, to let him go without having a replacement lined up um or seemingly so yet um so i think you know north melbourne despite having a really good game on field and, and having a tough loss i think it was it was a tough decision to make off field and after you know 30 games for, for david Noda with 30 odd games and, and one full off season um, it was very difficult for him to turn that club around, but I understand that they're in a position that not many other, not many clubs have been in the past few decades. Uh, they're losing games at a, a rate of knots, and um, it's it's a tough watch North Melbourne games right now. And, and I understand some heads had to roll at some point. The thing that will be interesting now is the question becomes, well, who's next? You just mentioned, you know, that we don't actually know exactly who's next, but plenty of names getting thrown around. Do you have any kind of inkling as to who will be appointed or even who's the first big target? I know Clarkson gets thrown around, but Ross Lyon, I heard, might have even been a better fit. What What do you think? <laughs> yeah, well, I think the, the obvious choice when you look at one of the greatest modern coaches, modern-day coaches of all time, um, and he's available right now and he says he wants to coach next year, Alistair Clarkson has to be your first port of call. It's um, you'd be remiss not to do your, your due diligence in, in asking him the question. And I think it's a challenge that Alistair Clarkson would heavily consider as well. Uh, going past Clarko, because I think it is a little bit of a long shot for, for North Melbourne, unfortunately. I think Don Park is the best assistant coach going around right now. Um, he's currently up at the Swans and he's just, you know, the, the, the guy that John Longmuir turns to. Um, in, in situations of need, and, and he's just been fantastic for that club over there. Very rapid rebuild over the last few years to now being a top-four chance or at least you know guaranteeing themselves to place in the eight over the weekend, basically. So I think um, Don Pike should be the guy they're asking um, if they're looking for a new coach for the long haul. The tough thing's going to be, whoever comes in, is balancing out the narrative between we heard when Noble got appointed that... Yeah, we're going to have time to, to rebuild. 
And then also off, almost the next breath, the comments of top four in a few years, which seems almost counterintuitive to say we're going to take our time. But, yeah, guys, top four within a, in a few seasons. Is that going to make this job like a poisoned chalice? Is that going to stop people from wanting to go part of it? Yeah, well, it's scary. And it's not going to be you know a poisoned chalice for forever. No. You know, North Melbourne will be a good club again. But right now it is. It, it's, it feels like a death sentence heading into that as the first kind of head coaching job you get if you're Don Pike. Um, I, I think it's kind of similar to what David Teague inherited at Carlton and coming off Brendan Bolton, who had a similar kind of tenure um, as David Noble. It, it was absolutely felt like a death sentence for your, for your coaching career. So I'm not sure there are going to be too many candidates actually putting their hand up for this job right now. I know you look at Michael Voss now and you say there is, you know, a bright side and, and there's light at the end of the tunnel, but I don't think that light's going to be coming in the next couple of years. And uh, as North Melbourne has shown with David Notable, in two years' time, you might not be safe in your seat. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one to to jump in on. But I get the I get the feeling, or I don't know, I, I feel like the North Melbourne faithful understand that they do need a little bit of time, and if they can get some uh, what draft concessions, the priority picks, that sort of the like, that. And, and hold together a group of young players that then become the superstars of the future, that that's just where it needs to get to. So I guess just administratively and then coaching structurally, we need something in place at North Melbourne over the next few years so that they can thrive some of their talent through it. And full credit to this North Melbourne fan base. I think they've been incredibly patient and understanding over the last few years. They know that this is a full-scale rebuild, and I think their expectations were lower than the board's a couple of seasons ago when you made reference to top four over the next three or four years. I think that was um, you know, just a, a big statement and unnecessary to make at David Nodal's um, introductory press conference. So hopefully um, North Melbourne fans can stick through it another couple of years. They've, they've gone through a lot, including the Tasmania calls over the last couple of seasons. So hopefully there's some light at the end of the tunnel for them and it comes soon. Now, after... 17 rounds, I haven't given you any clue that I'm going to go throw this question in, but um, any Brownlow favourites that you're thinking are showing themselves after 17 rounds? Uh, well, Andy Brayshaw um, is currently the favourite to take out the Brownlow, and you wouldn't know it listening to Victorian media right now. Um, there's, there's not too much about Fremantle. There's not too much about Andy's season so far. He has been absolutely amazing, and I did put it on Twitter today, Jen, um, about his season that he's having. He's 22 years old and he's been tagged probably the most of anyone in the competition so far this year and he's broken all of them. I think, you know, if you ask Jackson Nelson or George Hewitt how they found tagging Andy Brayshaw, they would tell you they did not have a good time because he's one of the hardest working midfielders in the competition. His ball skills are really, really good. Um, He's just become, you know, the, the full package his defensive efforts are as good as it gets in the AFL right now. He, he lays that six tackles a game, which is up there in the top five this season. So uh, he, he does it all for his club, and Fremantle is absolutely flying because, in part, due to you know what he's been doing in the engine room. Well, it's a, a good shout, Brayshaw. I think um, myself and some other Frio supporters would be pretty happy to see him continue the form he's in. Um, and if it results in the individual award, well, great. But um, we're liking the team game that he does play. Now, I know you're across NBA stuff more, that, more so than myself. Uh, the Summer League that's happening over there, I've been catching some Australian names. What's the latest over in the NBA in the Summer League? 
Well, it's been great to see Josh Giddy um, get in a lot of games so far. He's played four games now um, alongside Chet Holmgren, the number two pick from the draft just gone for the OKC Thunder. Giddy is just such a dominant um, force on the offensive end. He, he manipulates defenses beautifully and he is so much fun um, to watch as an Australian, but also just a supporter of basketball in general. He, he plays it the right way and he's, he's just a very, very smart, high um, IQ kind of a guy out there. So a lot of guys, a lot of pundits question why he was out there. He's, he's a starter for OKC. He's one of their better players, but he's also the second youngest player on their roster still at 19 years of age. And, um, he wants to get better. He loves playing basketball. He wants to get better. And I think this is a beautiful opportunity for him to do that. And I love that he is doing that. Um, I think Luke Travers, who went to the Cavs from the Perth Wildcats, Jen, he has been fantastic. And I think he's turned a lot of heads um, playing for Cleveland in some league so far. He just does it all on the um, offensive and defensive end. I think he had four blocks and three steals or something similar to that in his first outing. Um, and he continues to put up really good numbers. He just has to shoot it a little bit better and he actually get some decent rotational minutes for the Cavs. And finally, Jack White, who played for Melbourne United in the season just gone, is playing for the Nuggets right now, and he's been really impressed. He had 15 rebounds yesterday, so um, a really impressive outing for him, and hopefully he can continue on and get a roster spot. Now, keeping with the theme of Aussies doing their thing, I'd love to take you back to Wimbledon. It's all completed over at the All-England Club. But what I thought on reflection when I stopped and had a look at it, we had quite a few Australians featuring on centre court in the finals across men's singles, the men's doubles and our mixed doubles as well. Has Australian tennis just a little bit quietly, a little bit under the radar, have we strengthened up a bit? Yeah, it's a really good point, Jen. Um, I think the Barty retirement was just such a huge loss for Australian tennis, but it it hasn't been a crippling blow um, in terms of our top athletes on the big stage, Isla Tomjanovic has been a fantastic number one Aussie female. She's gone back to back quarterfinals now in Wimbledon in the singles, and she actually lost to the you know eventual champion Riva Kina this year. So she had an incredibly impressive outing again at Wimbledon for the women, and then for the men, obviously Kyrgios produced the best tennis for, tennis of his life in the last fortnight. Um, I you know. Just quickly, the, the behavior of him you know, yelling to the crowd and yelling out to his box, and it's really tough to watch, and I really hate that kind of behavior. But he played a sensational match all in all, and the final against Djokovic was really high quality, um, which is all you could have really asked from, from Nick, I guess, in that in that situation. I think Demon Orr is still so young, and he's getting the absolute best out of himself right now. So for in terms of our top-level athletes, as you were alluding to, you, you can't be what you can't see, and right now, the grassroots is getting a great deal of encouragement from the professional tour because we are standing up so well. And I haven't even talked about the doubles as you were um, mentioning the, the men's doubles and the mixed doubles taking home titles. There is absolutely fantastic. It was pretty awesome to see, especially our men's doubles pairing of Ebden and Purcell doing their thing, um, which was it's super exciting. And I really enjoy Wimbledon as a, a tennis tournament. I like the grass I like the whites and the tradition of it, even though there's been conversation about maybe shifting the uniforms. I'm, I'm sure I wouldn't have a problem if the uniforms did get shifted as well. But for now, I quite like the prestige of, of the way Wimbledon is, is, is held up. And, yeah, it's been a, another thrilling tennis tournament. Curios uh, got us all watching the TV, which is what he says he's very good at doing, is pulling a crowd, and he did do that. Yeah, he's the best in the world of that, you know, in the tennis world at the very least.
<laughs> now, before we let you go, Jasper, and again, thank you for your time here on the Overnight Crowd. What are you looking forward to most across the sporting landscape this week coming? Well, I'm going to be going along to Carlton Geelong as a spectator on at the MCG on Saturday night, which will be very exciting. I, I can't wait for that one, Jen. I think Carlton, to make a top four push, will need to win this one. Geelong is you know, in fantastic form, and what Chris Scott has been able to do to transform the play style of that club over one off-season has been really impressive. So it's going to be a tough ask for, for the Blues, but I always, go, I always really enjoy going along to their games because the Blues just get out in force. Their, their fans are as good as it gets um, in the AFL, so I think you can probably expect 60,000 plus at the MCG on Saturday night. Oh, that's going to be a good one. Well, have a great week and enjoy going to the footy, and we'll chat this time next week. Can't wait. See you later, Jen. Jasper Chelliper joining us from the Inner Sanctum. Don't forget to head across and check out their work, theinnersanctum.com.au. Plenty of articles there for you to wrap your sporting chops around. Uh, get in touch here on the overnight crowd. Have your say, 1300 736 736 and 0433 We'll continue to take your winner and margin tips across the night. Thanks for your company. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um... Occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.